Hey there, this is John from pureandsimplebible.com. Welcome back to the podcast. I am very grateful that you are here and that you are continuing to listen. Thank you for your support. We have Bradley Ballard back in the studio. Bradley is going to share a Bible study with us from 1 Corinthians 9 called By All Means. And a wonderful conversation, great Bible study opportunity. I invite you to join us as we consider this scripture together. Let's jump right into it, shall we? Okay, I am back with Bradley Ballard, and I'm glad that you're here with me. Uh, Bradley is spending part of the day with me today in my studio, uh, recording a couple of podcasts. We finished one already, about to begin the next. But it's still true that I'm glad that you're with me. So (laughs) thank you for joining me in studio today. Absolutely. Uh, Bradley, probably whenever this is coming out, will already be back in South Korea, or else he'll be leaving soon. I imagine you're probably going to be back in South Korea. But uh, I wish you Godspeed, and I pray that those out there who are listening to this, if you would please mention Bradley and Brandy Ballard in prayer today and in your uh, regular prayers, please remember their work and uh, remember um, them as a family, that God would bless them in many ways in South Korea. So, Thank you, brother. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse uh, 19 through 23, is a scripture about how we are to be all things for all people. You have a Bible study that you've brought today called By All Means with these uh, scriptures in mind. And so I guess my first set of questions for you is, uh, what does this scripture mean to you personally, Bradley? Before we jump into the study itself, when you're reading through this in your Bible study, how do these speak to you on a personal level? I think for me, I've always kind of had an interesting personal struggle with my own self-worth and I don't mean that like oh I have no talents but my struggle has been um you know if I'm enjoying something does that mean that it's wrong for me to um oh make that something I do I guess mm-hmm. and that that might seem odd but if if I'm enjoying something does that mean I can still be sacrificing by doing that or is it automatically become a Something that's no longer an act of service because I'm enjoying what I'm doing. Right. And it might seem like a silly thing to say that way, but that's a real struggle that I've I've had. And so what this verse, I guess, means to me, it, it gives me an encouragement because I recognize one of the things that I have realized that I'm able to do is exercise some flexibility and some willingness to change my own habits and even in some ways my own convictions in order to better connect with people mm-hmm. and better, uh, <laughs> um, I guess, be be able to live in different environments. Okay. And so because what when we read this, that's exactly what Paul is saying, from what I can tell. Um, and if we can read it, I think it'll, I think, make that clear. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and read it then. Starting in verse 19 of 1 Corinthians 9, it says, For though I am free... From all men, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win the more. And to the Jews, I became as a Jew, that I might win the Jews. To those who are under the law, as under the law. In other words, I became as under the law, that I might win those who are under the law. 
And to those who are without law, I became as without law, not being without law toward God, but under law toward Christ. And I did this that I might win those who are without law. To the weak I became as weak that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men that I might by all means save some. Uh, There it is, by all means. What does that mean, by all means? I think it's easy for me to get caught up in the language of this because I'm used to dealing with people who don't speak my language, but it basically means by any means necessary or at all cost. Okay. Because when we're talking about means, we're talking about method or the way that we achieve a goal. And, you know, the phrase for us is uh, it's common to talk about the means to an end. And uh, when we're talking about a means to an end, we mean basically the way that we get there. Mm-hmm. Now, you've also got in that phrase, you've got, the, you know, you've got to weigh out the value of what it is you're giving up or how you're going about doing something to achieve that goal. But basically, it just means how you get somewhere. Okay. And so I believe what Paul's teaching here is that it's more important that he change himself for the sake of the souls he's trying to save. Okay. And what I'm taking away from this is more valuable for you to change than for you to expect that others are going to change to hear you the way that you feel you need to express yourself or be the who you're going to be. They they need to change to you is what would be more comfortable for me as the presenter. But me as the presenter needs to change the people right. I'm interacting well, with. Well, that, but I think there's also a sense in which... We cannot expect the invitation to serve to come in a way that we might be ready to accept it. Hmm. Um, So it's not just the people, the souls we're trying to save, but we might be uh, called to serve in a way that we either never saw coming or don't necessarily think we're suited to serve. But uh, when the call comes, you know, we've got to be prepared with whatever our answer is going to be. It sounds like you may have personal experience in (laughs) trying to, be flexible to answer that call in different ways. If for some strange reason someone out there has not heard your story or has not uh, been able to listen to previous episodes, sum it up how in your life in the past five to ten years you've had to be all things or by all means changing what you thought was going to be your life about serving the Lord. Well, I was a teacher in Texas for eight years And uh, in about the sixth and a half or seventh year of that, you guys asked us to travel with you to Cambodia to move over there. And we accepted that. And um, uh, that turned our life on its head a bit. But when we got back after a two-year commitment, we thought that we were home for good. And then um, because of our time in Cambodia, whenever an opportunity came up, uh, a, a congregation up in Oklahoma, they had some leads in South Korea. And so they sought us out. And um kind of made me realize this might be something we're doing for a little while. And uh, it was never something that I, serving as a, as a missionary and even being a preacher full-time, was never something since I was a kid. My dad did it growing up, and so as many young boys do, they assume they will follow mm-hmm. in their father's footsteps. I thought I was doing something different, and now here I am. But um, in both cases, we were asked to go. And... It was a very clear you know, a sense in which maybe not many people are able to experience, but we were invited to take part in the work in a way that we certainly weren't comfortable just dropping everything and doing, but um, it was just a way that we had never thought we'd be called to serve. Right. And you're speaking 
about your perspective. Maybe I could bring this up as well. A lot of times we don't see ourselves as fitting a particular need, but other people do see us in that way. And so it does take the push or the motivation of another for us to mm-hmm. answer the call. Um, and so maybe if I can just add a piece to the conversation, those of you out here, out there who are the pushers, who can see the talents in others that those people can't see in themselves. Um, you know, the Bible has many talents or gifts that we are called to use, but one of them is to encourage and push. So do you think you ever would have taken that step if you hadn't been asked? You know, I can't know, but I don't think so. <laughs> I, You know, we've had the conversation many times before about remembering sitting on that mantle and you leaning over to me and asking us to move with you to Cambodia. And it was strange because I think if I had tried to imagine that beforehand, I would not have imagined the way I really felt because it was not I wasn't as surprised maybe as I would have thought I would have been. <laughs> because of me or just because of... <laughs> well, I think I was, I was one, knowing you, it didn't, it honestly was not coming out of left field because of who, who was asking us. But I was surprised by the sense of peace that I felt when you asked me. Mm. Um, and even though, looking back, I, I know we didn't know all the questions we were going to have and all right. the, all that was going to happen there was a sense of being okay with that. Right. Even from the time you asked. And, um, you know, I'll say this, people will look at my situation, the fact that we're being supported to to work in the way we are, um, currently. And, you know, the fact that we were asked and they say, well, you know, a lot of people never have that opportunity and that's absolutely right. But a lot of people also assume that it was an easy thing to do. And Mm -hmm. they say, well, I have a job. Right. Well, so so did you. And, you know, and we also have a house in the States. You know, being an American citizen and the tax responsibilities that come along that, being a homeowner and the duties that come with that, uh, having a job and all that goes along with that, that doesn't just disappear. You've got to handle all those things. Right. I'll, I'll throw out there as well. You didn't just have a job. You had a career, right? Bradley was a middle school orchestra director. Uh, that's not a position that you just jump into lightly, nor do you walk out of lightly because that's a career that you you work hard for and you stepped away from that. Well, brother, I didn't just bring you here to sing your praises about uh, what you guys have done. It, it's I like using you as an example because you have struggled, you went through the furnace, etc. When you come out on the other hand, history is a lot easier to talk about than current events. And so some of your choices are in the realms of history almost. And and so people look at you, kind of like you said, and say, well, it seems like it just fell together so conveniently or so easily. Well, it may have come together as far as maybe in a two-dimensional point of view quite easily, but it was a, it was a years of struggle and, and a challenge to be by all means yeah, in your and- situation. And I only bring up those struggles not with the intent of lifting up myself, but for those who are having those struggles, I want them to recognize they're not alone in making those tough decisions. Right. You know, and when they say, yeah, but I've got a job, I've got to think about that. I can share, you know, some of the frustration or some of the concerns we had and Mm -hmm. how we dealt with them, and they'll be different for everyone. Right. But, you know, 
anyway, so that's my intent in sharing those things is so that people can recognize, oh, so you can relate to some of the cons- the questions I would have if right. I'm making a decision like that. Something Sometimes making a, a large life decision where you're changing kind of the narrative of what your whole life has been based on, it seems, uh, I remember a word we used to use in education a lot when I was a school teacher was a, it would demystify uh, things. And so I'm hoping this conversation will demystify the process where mm-hmm. by which people, if they thought I could do it, but I just, it seems so vague and foggy. Well, let's demystify it by talking mm-hmm. about some of those realities. Sure. And so I, I guess the second question that I'd like to ask you um, is what are the means or what are, that, that someone has when it says, by all means, I'm going to become all things to all men. Well, what are the means that one has by which one can become all things to all people? From my experience, two things have really stood out. And one of those is your circumstance. Okay. So there's your circumstance, and then there are your your traits and your talents. And this is a really interesting conversation to have about the particulars of it. But when I talk about circumstance or when I think about it, to me, those are the things over which you don't have control. Okay. Like where you're born. Where you're born, you know, determines your citizenship. And with that comes a lot of things down the road that maybe you will be able to choose. I think about your education. But then your education, too, is going to depend on where you were born, right. you know, as we've learned. So they're all very, very intricately related to each other. But your citizenship, your um, your gender, you know, whether you're born male or female, at least uh, not even getting into the cultural discussion, but as a Christian, if you believe that there are distinctions in the duties uh, or the way men and women are called to serve in the Lord's church, right. then that's out of your control, and yet you're bound to some of the mm-hmm. responsibilities that come along with that. So okay. that's what I mean when I talk about circumstance. Right. Um, and then the other one, uh, your traits and your talents, I'm talking about things that uh, with exercise, with mindfulness, you can have a hand in um, uh, changing. Okay. And so, you know, our personalities, So you know, I don't know to what extent exactly our personalities and various traits we have are uh, ingrained or we're born with them, but there's also a way in which if we are mindful about who we are, we can grow and change and improve or allow ourselves to be, you know, drawn to maybe a negative slant on things. But anyway, there are things that we can change in our circum- in our um, situation. So there are the two. And uh, I think about, I go back to the Apostle Paul in all of this. He's the one that wrote these words. And so I think about his situation. And Paul was a Jew, he was a very highly, highly trained Jew. Right. But he was also a Roman citizen. Correct. And so Paul, uh, and he says it was by birth. And so whenever I think about that, and then I look at how he used that. Mm-hmm. He used that, not we say to his advantage, but he used it to his advantage for the sake of the gospel. Right. To the Lord's advantage. Right. And so uh, that makes me think about myself. I'm born an American. Mm-hmm. And popular or not right now, you know, on in the world stage, um, or even on our own, you know, national stage, um, there are certain privileges that come with that. Oh, absolutely. As a citizen here, but also outside of our country. Absolutely. And I would not have recognized that as much until I was an outsider. Mm-hmm. And um, 
I've seen it in a couple different ways. In Cambodia, one of the things we saw was that they assumed that because we were Americans, um, we were wealthy. Um, but then with Korea, it's been uh, a, a different atmosphere. Uh, South Korea is incredibly well developed, and a lot of it has come very, very quickly, and it's been very impressive to see. And though culturally it's still very different from us, they don't need us in the way that Cambodia thought they needed foreign help. Right. Um, Cam- uh, South Korea can stand on their own economically, and 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 so whereas in Cambodia it seemed at times like we were put up on a pedestal, in South Korea they want our language, mm. and even though we are not the only English speaking country. American English is considered by nature of its sound and its its accent or lack of accent, even though I'm from Texas. <laughs> Regardless of whose is right, whose is wrong, whose is older, whatever, what they want is what we have. Okay. And so because we have it, not by anything we did, but just by who we are, how we were born, our circumstance, you know, allows us to have something that is very, very much sought after, at least in, in that part of the world, for our ability to teach and to pass on our English. And so... So you're saying your circumstances as a uh, born into America with all of the privileges that come with that uh, have been a means that has helped you in Southeast Asia. Absolutely. In multiple fronts. Absolutely. Not just one place, but yeah. many. What what other means besides our uh, circumstances and uh, things related to, I guess, things out of our control? Mm-hmm. What about things in our control? What kind of what kind of means do we have within our control that specifically you've, you've kind of touched on talents and things mm-hmm. of that nature. Can you elaborate more on that? For myself, when I think about what it is about me that makes me suited to what we're doing over there, um, a lot of it comes back to relationships and people. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, if, if you were, you know, my wife and I are very different in how we recharge ourselves. She's very much an introvert in many ways. Um, and I, I've learned in, in recent years that that spectrum is even more, uh, it's even more um, wide or I guess varied than I would have ever known between right. extrovert and introvert. But anyway, she's a, an introvert and time alone recharges her. Whereas for myself, time with people charges me. And that's a, been a, a nice balance for us to have. But there are people who she can reach be, by nature of her personality. And there are people that I can reach by nature of my personality. And without one of us, you know, if we were both the same, then we would probably overwhelm some. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it takes all kinds and all talents and all gifts, but the ones we have allow us to endear ourselves to people because we're willing to listen. We are both, I think, very empathetic. And so even though people are in situations very different to ours, people can tell in general that Brandy and I are interested in who they are, what they're going through. And if that is a, a an ability that she and I possess, I believe it's, you know, we're in a way beholden to use that for the right. sake of the kingdom. To develop it. And it can be, it. right, it can be used anywhere. I'm not saying that that can only be helpful in foreign work. In fact, I wish we had more people that had and used that skill just in general, you know, here and everywhere. But um, when it comes to being somewhere where you are a foreigner to others, when you're trying to connect to people, uh, you've got to have the tools to do so. And I believe we have those, and so we feel that we should use them. Um, we've, we're, we're considering um, the, the means that we have, specifically things outside of your control, and then things that are inside your control, such as opportunity. Um, so when it presents itself to you and, and how you're going to respond to it, 
based on the talents that you have and uh, the maturity and the training that you've had, help me uh, understand the notes that you've got written down here about uh, how some of the means that we have as the surroundings and the opportunity. I think it's true that opportunity is can be part of your circumstance, as we've mentioned with being where we're born, uh, or you know being born male or female, and how you serve, how you use those responsibilities of your your birthright or how you're born, how you serve with those. But at the same time, like you said, it is something over which you do have some control. Our circumstances and our talents, all of this kind of comes together. Our surroundings, everything around us comes together to create opportunity for us. And when I say opportunity for us, that's also saying opportunity for us to to serve the Lord. And I mentioned earlier how I have struggled in the past with thinking, wow, if this is something I enjoy, then I, I can't do that for a living because that would mean I'm enjoying myself and work has to be work, play has to be play. And um, regardless of what you, you think of how silly that might sound, um, it is a real struggle that I and perhaps others have, have had. And so um, what I've tried to, I guess what I've seen through some of these experiences is how our circumstances create opportunity and how our personalities and different things create opportunity. You know, my, my training in university was for one specific field. And even though I'm not doing that anymore, the fact that I have a degree or the fact that I was raised in a country that gave me the opportunity to, to get a degree. Mm -hmm. And like you and I were having this discussion earlier about being able to think logically. Uh, We've seen that not everyone can do that. Not everyone has the training and the ability to think, use a logical process of thought to see where their own ideas lead. Right. And so being born in a place where that is taught, at least it used to be, (laughs) you know, being, uh, being brought up in a place where that is taught and then having the opportunity to go to university and all those things, um, have helped make some of these opportunities doable. For example, the job I was able to get in Cambodia and now the job I'm able to get here, both of those required a college degree. And even though not everywhere might require that for your job, um, that made it where I was able to be in effect a candidate for doing this work. Right. Um, and they made, they made it possible. So those were in a way means by which this was all possible. And some of those were a result of our circumstance. Some of them were a result of, you know, dedication and hard work. Right. I'm thinking about Spider-Man Uh-oh. when his uh, uncle Ben was alive at the beginning <laughs> of his, his tenure as Spider-Man. And by the way, out there, those who are not comic book buffs, I'm not going much farther than that. (laughs) Um, But he has one of the most famous quotes in comic book history, which is, with great power comes great responsibility. There's a a similar quote that's out there um, that adds a couple extra pieces to it. And that is that ability plus opportunity equals responsibility. And so if you have the circumstances you have the talents, and you have the opportunity, then you have the responsibility to spiritually, in this context, achieve what God may have called you so that we might by all means win the more. So my question for you, Bradley, um, is uh, what about what I want in this? You know, that it seems as though my wants 
uh, might be eclipsed by what the Lord wants and, and my heart may struggle with that or my life may struggle with that. But I think it really boils down to that question. Is it really all about what you want or the Lord wants? What do you think about that? I think about that all the time. Um, and I can't say that I'm ever closer to an answer on, <laughs> you know, what exactly the, what my answer is. But what I keep coming back to is a slightly different question. Okay. And the question is, what did Jesus want? Mm. And whenever he came to this earth and lived, he was doing that for us. Right. And I've never heard anyone say that they think Jesus wanted to come down from heaven, that he wanted to endure the things he did, the, the betrayal, the physical pain of his crucifixion, the separation from God. He didn't want to do any of those. And yet he weighed out his desire for being one with God and not dealing with, you know, I guess, the, the side of self-preservation that we all have. He weighed that out, and then he weighed out his love for us and his desire to be one with us. Right. And in the end, he chose, and he made the conscious decision to make the sacrifice that made it where, you know, we could all have the hope of heaven. And so I don't think it's my job to, I know it's not my job to judge anyone else in their decision-making process, but for myself, if I am unable to... <clears throat> If I say no to an opportunity, and I had, like you said, I had the, how do you say it, the opportunity and ability, ability, ability plus opportunity okay. uh, equals responsibility. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Uncle Ben. <laughs> <laughs> so for myself, when I'm presented with a situation where I have both the opportunity and I have the ability. Mm -hmm. If I do not accept the responsibility, what is my reason? Mm. And can my reason, can I justify that? If I'm asking myself honestly about, you know, our house, my job, and the things that we had to, in a sense, give up in a way um, to go to Cambodia or to move to South Korea, you know, the relationships, the people with whom we're close, the, the family bonds that have had to change and mm -hmm. the, the conveniences and stuff that we've had to learn to live without and all of that. If those were my reason uh, for saying no, if I were to have said no, Christ gave up more than that. Amen. And so I don't, personally, I would not know exactly how to live with myself if I were not willing to give that much. Ooh, that was the cutoff, and we're going to have to finish up the Bible study next week. So I want to invite you back to consider with us from 1 Corinthians 9, by all means, don't just leave it on that cliffhanger. You need to come back and finish the episode next week. One of the great ways that you can make sure you get the latest episodes is by subscribing to the podcast. So if you're listening on SoundCloud or Apple um, Podcasts, please hit that subscribe button. It's helpful for me with the analytics. lets me know that this ministry is helpful to others, and so I would be grateful if you would subscribe to it. There's also a lot of great content at www.pureandsimplebible.com, so please go there, check it out. And until next week, always remember that God loves you very much, and I do too. Lord willing, see you soon.
Well, I'm here to tell you a story, a story that is true, about a judge by the name of Gideon. He was a man like me.